0: Parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
1: Morena, New Zealand. Good morning to uh, every, each and every one of you. And on behalf of uh, Brant, uh, your local John Deere equipment supplier, uh, we hope to keep you uh, entertained for, through the next three hours. Um, and we're going to talk some cricket. Uh, Obviously, we have to review day one, and we'll do that with Mitch McLennigan. And one of the reasons I want to talk to Mitch is we're not bowling well, are we? Uh, Tim Southey aside, really, uh, a little bit of Matt Henry, but by and large, we're a one-man band. So what are we going to do about it, Mitch, uh, after the sermon coming up shortly? Uh, I invite you to text us on double eight double three um double eight double three is a temper bedpost text machine line and get on that and just uh, tell us what you thought of the black caps performance yesterday what are the problems that they, that you see with this side going forward um and okay we won brilliantly last week against england but that's to me as it papering over the cracks a lot of people suggested that they would and uh, yesterday's bowling performance perhaps suggested that as well uh talk back time after nine thirty. same subject like to hear that or predictions for the weekend uh, that would all also be good. We've got, uh, of course, the Warriors, uh, and we've got a, a full round of uh, Super Rugby, rugby uh, all-picky as well. So please, uh, we'd love to hear your calls just after 9:30 this morning. We have a multi for you, and then just after 10, we'll talk to Jeff Wilson. Uh, Jeff will uh, preview uh, with us the Super Rugby round for this weekend, beginning with uh, a beauty tonight. Uh, Chiefs hosting the Highlanders. Uh, one side with a perfect record, and the other side with anything but. Uh, Mark Watson and Graham Beasley we uh, will be with us on the panel at 10.20. Um, and then uh, we'll also, uh, just after uh, 11 o'clock, talk to Blake For Now, Blake, of course, former Warrior. Uh, looking forward to the Warriors clash this weekend as well. So the sports desk with uh, Kez today is uh, in the hot seat, uh, producer Kez. And uh, we'll be uh, going to the, the sports desk to take a look at uh, maybe a couple of football issues and anything else that crops up throughout the morning. Mike Guerin at uh, quarter to 12.00. Uh, we'll to re- preview that what's coming out harness-wise And of course he's uh, on SENZ over the weekend uh, And also I'll keep you up to date with the Players' uh, Championship Which on, is on at the moment And uh, we'll give you some scores f- throughout the morning As some of the key players uh, look to complete their first round So a busy morning and all
2: Sport is our religion And here is Smithy's
3: sermon
1: Right, from all accounts the Black Cat Unit Did everything right for about an hour only yesterday at Hagley. Overcast above, green beneath, and the option to bowl first handed to them on a plate. Tim Southey gets the early wicket. Quite frankly, it has to be Tim. He's pretty much the lone ranger these days, still searching for a new tonto. All good to that point. Nice, tight test cricket. Not a sign of basball. Test cricket, the way we love to play it, it's served us well. Enter little Kusil Mendes, and what ensued. Not quite basball, more shreeball, but a backup bowling unit pummeling 45 fours and a six on a green seamer going for 4.06 runs per over. Quite frankly, unacceptable and a clear illustration as to why there'll be no celebrations carrying the mace around this time or any time soon. The ecstasy of last week at the Basin and the limo ride up Mount Vic a pleasant but distant memory. Darryl Mitchell bowled seven cheap overs out of necessity, he shouldn't have to bowl at all with four seamers. Neil Wagner, bless his cotton socks, seems to come into his own at the back end of a Test match and less often these days than he once did. And Blair Tickner, his endeavours, seems lost at this level at this point in his career. Overall, it's a scary look. Southie must be completely shot at the end of a bowling day. Not only does he have to shoulder the Mr. Reliable tag, he now has to think his way through some very awkward situations when he's not rolling his arm over. Clever man that Kane Williamson, don't you reckon? He knew when he passed the baton to Tim how different things would be without Trent Bolt. England handed the Black Caps a lifeline by enforcing the follow on. This plucky little South African, uh, sorry, sorry Sri Lankan outfit, uh, still incidentally in line for the Mace, will not be so generous. Already it has to be a very solid top order performance we're batting. Otherwise, any thought of a limo ride up the Port Hills won't be on. here, right, let's uh, start talking about this uh, Black Caps performance, shall we? Yesterday, uh, of course, the euphoria of the Basin Reserve last week, we are all caught up in this wave of ecstasy, I suppose you think, but we came down to earth with a bit of a thump yesterday, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Sri Lanka have been asked to bat first on a a wicket that uh, was green, uh, overcast, good bowling conditions, lost an early wicket, and then proceeded to belt uh, New Zealand around for 305 for 6 and just 75 overs with us now to look at the bowling side of things, and they are problematic, I think, at the moment, is former Black Cap himself, uh, Mitch McLennigan? Uh, Mitch, good morning to you. Thanks for joining us, mate. Morning, Slitty, how are you? Oh, I'm all right. Am I being harsh you, there?
4: Uh, yeah, no, no, you're probably pretty much bang on it, mate. I heard your sermon um, and, and Southie being the Lone Ranger. I thought maybe we'd just start off by saying uh, big congratulations to Southie going past Dan Vittori um, yesterday, on, on the list of all time wicket takers in Test cricket for New Zealand, he's gone to 362 ahead of Dan's 361. Only the great Sir Richard Hadley ahead of him now, mate. So uh, that's, a, that's a big uh, big milestone to tick off for Tim. But uh, I don't know if he'll be <laughs> really sitting back and enjoying it too much after, after yesterday. Like you say, he was out there by himself, really. Uh, Henry. Henry came to the party in patches. I, I thought he's he's definitely bolstered this lineup since he came back into the test, the last test at the Basin, and, and that combination has bowled very well at the top. But uh, in all the tests that we've seen this summer, our first and second change uh, options have been very very poor, and uh, it kind of just makes you sit back and really really appreciate Trent Bolt is is the one that we sit back and appreciate the most. Um, genuinely class. Uh, bowler around the world in test cricket in all formats, actually. But the, the one you look back at at a Hagley Oval is, is someone like a Colin de Gronholm who bowled that heavy full length. And you saw the wicket yesterday. Uh, how it just stuck a little bit and there was a bit of tennis ball bounce and not as fast. And and, and we saw a lot of seam movement. And if you think back to some of the bowling innings that Colin de Gronholm bowled, Particularly produced down at Hagley, um, that was made for his full length with that with the ball seeming back in and swinging away, and uh, it kind of makes you appreciate those guys a, a lot more uh, who have had in the past. Whereas who's, who does that in our team at the moment? I guess it's Daryl Mitchell, um, but he bowls a, a fractionally shorter length than and Colin de uh, normally produces. So yeah, there's some there's some big holes there, mate.
1: Well, the, the problem I have with that is okay um, if you can't get people out. Uh, the next best option is to stop them scoring or to restrict their scoring rate. But okay, England are going to do that to most sides that they play. But here we've seen it again: um, yeah. leaking runs at a very, very quick rate. So what is what is wrong with the areas that we're bowling or or the combinations we're bowling with?
4: Oh, just too short, mate. Too short. It's exactly exactly what I say about Colin de Gronhomme. He bowled he bowled full. He wasn't wasn't scared of getting driven. Um, and and it was just that banker in those kind of conditions, and, and I, I wonder if in the past when we have had the Colin de Grandhomme at our disposal, he's either taken the new ball or bowled first change, particularly at Hagley on the wicket that we saw yesterday, and, and maybe Saudi just doesn't have the confidence in Daryl Mitchell to come in and do that same job Dutchy did for for years for us in those conditions, and and went straight to Tickner. Uh, and Wagner, who really just uh, you know let let the pressure off uh, quite considerably, to be honest, mate. Trying to, trying to bowl fast or be aggressive um, on a green seamer, New Zealand conditions sometimes um, can be to your detriment. You've just got to put it there, and with how much movement there was yesterday, um, don't don't worry about getting hit back past you. You know, you, you don't. It's all right. I know it's a big ego hit as, a, as a fast bowler getting hit back down the ground, but sometimes mate, if you all your all your fours are going back past you and you're bringing the edge both edges into play and the stumps into play. Um, you know, it's 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 key and, and I don't think I don't think uh particularly Tickner has the control to be able to do that. I, I see him as domestic cricket, I see him as a, a blaster. He's a guy who come in and, and makes things happen. He's he's what Wagner was to New Zealand cricket for such a long period of time and
2: and on Wags,
4: um you know, he's he's trying to find a way to to get the most out of the pace that he's bowling at the moment, and and when it balls up not swinging when he's trying to push it up there, he goes back to the old uh, the old style that's been so successful for him, but just ten k ten k slower. So he's he's in that ground where he's trying to figure out how what he's how he's supposed to bowl in this lineup as well.
1: Yeah, look, uh, I, I look at that and I think. And I've look, I look to the future because I, I don't see anything glaringly missing there. Um, you know, I, I look at uh, Wags, and you know, it's been a sterling performer. No one can ever say that. But mm. how long has, has Wags got to go? Um, Tickner doesn't seem to be the answer at this stage. So, you know, where where are we looking? Where where are, where do we have to go in first class cricket to find this? Yeah.
4: Well, look, I I, I think when uh, when they picked. Uh, the guy from Canterbury. Jeez, his name's gone out, out of my head now. The tall, tall right arm seamer. Shipley? Uh,
1: Was it when Shipley? They picked him
4: in the, Shipley, you've got it. Thank you very much. So it's, it's been an early morning, mate. Uh, <laughs> uh, when, when they picked Shipley in the one days, um, in my opinion, watching him first class, he he seems to me have being a red ball bowler. Just a, a fraction slower on, on the right areas in um, test cricket. Moves the ball both ways. He he seems to be more of a red, red ball cricketer. Um... Where do you go? Uh, a, a fit Nathan Smith is a guy who can who's moved to Wellington from Otago. He's a bit more metronomic in terms of control and hitting hitting the top of the stumps. Uh, enough pace, um, not not uh, not crazily quick, but he's got some good skill and can bat. Um, Doug Bracewell's back playing now, but outside of that, mate, there's. There's not a whole lot. A guy who I think would do well in our conditions, in New Zealand conditions, not when it flattens out as much, would be a Ben Lister, who swings the ball ball prodigiously. Um, I think he's a very skilled bowler. But mate, it's it's the the well's pretty dry. If I'm going to be completely honest, um, Jacob Duffy is the other one who who I didn't mention, who 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 would have been able to come on and and at least know know what lengths to bowl on that kind of wicket. He probably could have done a better job than both Wags and and, uh, Tickner yesterday.
1: And of course, the other option uh, that we... uh, Jameson's injured, we can't uh, really rely on uh, Jameson, I think, going forward at any stage because a back problem for a a back that big is, is... it's going to be tough to fix any day yeah. of the week, but here's uh, here's the thing. Okay, so Mitchell yesterday bowled seven, and seven overs, none for seventeen. Uh, he only bowled three less overs yeah. than Wagner uh, and Michael Bracewell. Mm. Now, there's another one for me, Michael Bracewell. I, I, I'm just not sure um, where we're at with Michael Bracewell and his role in this team. Well,
4: it's um, you always look at how late a spinner bowls, and, and Smitty, you've been. You've been a keeper your whole life, mate, and you know when when the ball seems the ball turns. Um, and to see him introduced so late when your when your seamers are not hitting the right lengths um, and get an op- opportunity with the ball a little bit earlier shows maybe a little lack of confidence and him as an out and out spinner. Um, I think we saw in the last test in at the Basin he was just it was three or four balls were great and they give you those. That that two those two boundary balls or options at the end of the over or at some point during the over just release the pressure. So I think it's off the back of that. Right. I think when uh, look at that and, and, and maybe it's just confidence thing that they don't back him into to being that front line spinner. So mate, I, I honestly don't know. It's like what's the point of, of playing him if 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 you're not going to bowl him a significant amount of overs. Um, Glenn Phillips just scored 147 batting at number four. That, uh, that magic number four spot for Otago the other day, and, and he can do a little bit with the with the ball. Um, he's a guy who's a bit of a golden arm who could bowl you five or six overs and hopefully pick up a wicket the way that they seem to be using Bracewell at the moment. So, uh, mate, it's, it's actually one of the biggest selection debates, isn't it? It's that, where do you, who's going to take that spinning role? Mitchell Satner seems to be finding some form now as well. Um, just took five and scored 100, so... The positive thing, mate, is that this selection has actually made a lot of guys stand up and realise that there's an opening in in the black caps Um, if you are a spinner who can score some runs and uh, I think that's probably not a bad thing uh, looking forward in the future.
1: We just seem so far removed from um, Bolt Southie, um, Matt Henry, Jameson, um, and that wasn't that long ago. I mean, that was a hell of a, um, a foursome with Wagner as well. Uh, we looked at, you know, it just seemed like days ago, weeks ago, we were talking about how strong we were in this area, and now we're not. And, and you know, we continue to try and hide behind green seamers, but green seamers are only good if you bowl in the right areas.
4: Yeah, because they, they obviously flatten out, right? They They hold their they hold the pitch, hold together for the, pretty much the whole test match. So, um, if you if you don't knock the top off in their first day, um, you are really and you've picked swing bowlers who don't have the ability to to bounce guys out and all that kind of stuff. And then you are looking you're looking uphill, aren't you? It's it's going to be it's pretty challenging. Look, I you you made uh, Gavin Larson, He's probably made the right decision. I see that snuck under the radar. He's he's now resigned as as selector. Um, so they, they did that on a weekend, so no one could really make too much news of it. Um, oh, throw it back at you, Smitty. Do you think that? Um, do you think that selector role needs to change? He was just—he was just basically the mouthpiece, wasn't he? Do you think there needs to be uh, a couple of selectors who actually have have some say and actually select your tour side, and, and your coach gets to pick out of that?
1: Oh, I think I think there's merit in that. Uh, I think it. Um, when you're looking for answers, you need more people looking. Um, and at the moment, we are looking for answers. We need to have, first of all, we need to have, I think, um, some guy with uh, some genuine fast bowling experience in the ranks, a Shane Bond-like person, um, perhaps floating around. Uh, one, to to advise. Two, to, um, to scout. Um, I, I think we also need to have in the mix there someone who is not going to just fall into line. In other words, he's going to look at it from all sorts of different angles. I mean, the relationship, I think, between uh, Gavin Larson and and Gary Stead has been a good one, a comfortable one, and they've made some some very good selections and done some good things over their time together. There's no doubt about it. You can't deny it. I mean, we were the world test champions. But the the problem is when you start to go down at such a rapid rate, you have to fix it and you have to ask some very tough questions of the incumbents. And I'm not quite sure... And Henry Nichols is another case of that in the batting. I'm not quite sure they are. So whoever comes in, I think, has to look Gary Stead or the coach in the eye and say, no, 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 Uh, we can't be comfortable anymore. We have to be a bit more proactive.
4: Yeah, I really like that. I actually agree entirely with you there, Smitty. I think there needs to be some hard decisions. And, and you know, I think we saw off the back of that test within the next day they would already announced their squad. There was no time for them to actually think. Um, about where they were going or what direction they were going um, in this test series. So, hey, look, uh, we'll wait and see. We'll say, particularly around Henry Nicholls, uh, this is the kind of game where he hasn't performed for, for about 15 matches now, so, or, fifth, or about 16 innings now. So, you know, this will be the one where he gets uh, gets 100 and it gets his average back up to 25 for the last 20 innings. <laughs> so if you've if you got a bit of money to throw around, uh, you probably put it on Nicholls that this test match to score some runs at his home ground.
1: Okay, there's uh, there's the other thing, of course, uh, we haven't even looked at Sri Lanka, who are uh, a more than useful side. We give them... um, uh, You know, they they snuck under the radar a wee bit, but uh, let's face it, they win those two test matches here. They could be playing Australia for the Mace. Um, So not to be um, underestimated, or have we? Yeah.
4: Um, Yeah, I think we've definitely underestimated them. I I think Sri Lanka's just been going about their work, right? They were in second position for... For such a long period of time, I think, it's, um, I think if they win both of these games and there's a uh, two-all draw between Aussie and India or India win 2-1, um, I think Sri Lanka go through and they play Australia in their World Test Championships. So uh, their journey has been um, a lot of subcontinent test matches, um, a bit like our journey to the World Test Championship final um, during that COVID period as well, uh, where we got a lot of home games. Um, so they're 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 definitely benefited from their schedule. Um, but they've played some great cricket. Um, Colonel Rutner has been outstanding, mate. He's he's been one of the best test batsmen in the world and, and we're sure just the patience that he had yesterday uh to get through that new ball I thought was outstanding. He touched on Mendes earlier. He looks exciting. He plays his shots. He's aggressive. He, he he takes the game, and and it looked like every every half chance, half bad ball that we bowled, he actually put it away yesterday, which I thought was outstanding. And look, uh, today's going to be super interesting. It's going to be, I think, things will move quite fast. Right, the uh, silver's in there at the moment. He's batting with a genuine tail, Smitty. I don't know if you you know the uh, the averages of the guys who are still to come. Uh, Rajitha, he averages 4.15 with the bat. His highest score before this test match was 12. He's sitting on 16, not out overnight. So he's got his highest <laughs> test score. Fernando's test average is 3.6. He's next to bat. So his highest score was like 8 or something like that. Saria 3.75 is his average. And Kamara, 3.29. So I know they were joking in the com box yesterday about it being four Chris Martins. But, mate, Chris Martin will be... Pretty upset, I reckon, um, to be thrown in with
1: that lot. That's, those are some tor- horrendous numbers. <laughs> yeah. Right, to uh, 75 overs bowled, so a new ball due two and five. Uh, you'd like to think that we won't be bowling long on the basis of that, if we are. I mean, uh, this partnership already uh, has uh, been so annoying. 2.68 for six, and now 3.05 for six.
4: Mm. <laughs> yeah, mate, it is annoying. It's just kind of just... It's probably the, the rewards that the Sri Lankans deserved at the end of that day. It started swinging back towards New Zealand's favour and,
5: and it just shows
4: that the, the way that we played, we didn't deserve probably to be walking off the park with a score any any better than that. And I, I felt like Sri Lanka won that day and we're going to have to win this first first half an hour to hour and hopefully they don't put too many runs on the board because they've got some good bowlers. Um, they're going to be... Sneakily good. Uh, Rajita swings the ball nicely. Um, uh, Kamara has got more pace, so we'll see if that wicket's still sticky. Um, if it's still sticky, that pace won't come into play as much. But he's genuinely fast. He's, he'll be the fastest bowler on on display this Test series by by a long way. So that's quite exciting. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they go with their attack. They're actually getting a lot better. Their seamers are getting a lot better. They've had that lull period where they pumped out a lot of medium paces, but they're starting to get some, some good quicks, young quicks, um, who are learning along the way. So uh, I think today's going to be a really, uh, really big day for New Zealand cricket, but not only for them, for Sri Lanka, for, for like you say, pushing towards that World Test Championship.
1: Much always a pleasure uh, talking to you, mate. Thanks so much uh, for... Uh, filling us in filling us in really on um, on the bowling stocks I think it's fair to say hey mate have a good day and uh, let's hope it goes a bit better for the Black Caps today eh? you
4: too mate have a
1: good one yeah cheers uh, Mitch McKinnigan there with his thoughts on uh, day one at uh, Hagley yesterday 9.24 here
0: he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa this is mornings with Ian Smith on SCNZ.
1: Invite you to call actually on 0800 150 811. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on where you think the Black Caps are at at the moment and what do you think the uh, answer might be or is there an answer out there? Tough times ahead, you feel? Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Also, uh, predictions for Super Rugby this weekend. There's some uh, terrific New Zealand clashes. Uh, of course, the Highlanders up against the Chiefs and the Blues up against the Hurricanes, uh, Hurricanes without Artie. Uh, what do you make of that so uh, we'd love to hear from you 0800 150 811 and of course warriors uh we're right in behind the warriors this year we're partners with them of course so uh the one new zealand warriors anything you'd like to talk to about the warriors as well uh i'll get kids uh, on the uh, on the earphone is on the earphones as well and uh, on the microphone and he can chip into as producer today so uh we'd love to talk to you 0800 150 811 uh update update from the uh, the players championship right uh, Chad Ramey, 8 under incredible round, 8 under so uh, little known uh, player Chad Ramey from the United States Colin was 7 under Tyler Pendrith is uh, 5 under Minwoo Lee, 4 under with a host of players, uh, some of the better known players and uh, their first round efforts Scheffler, minus 4 uh, Justin Rose, minus 3 uh, if you go down to uh, perhaps uh, John Rahm at minus 1 after his first round Jason Days, uh, minus 1 uh, at that point and uh, some of them are, are battling a wee bit uh, Ricky Fowler shot on an even par uh, score is that, uh, Adam Scott and uh, Ryan Fox go down to Ryan Fox who are currently is tied for 100 at plus 2 so not the best opening round for Ryan Fox but he's capable of going low so no panic there at this stage so that is the leaderboard as we speak at the Players Championship at the TPC Sawgrass keep you updated throughout the morning here's uh, Ottawa with uh, the news it's uh, just after 9.30 Talk
2: back time with Smithy call now 0800 150
1: 811 yep 0800 150 811 uh, love to hear from you uh, throughout the country on uh, day one did you go to Hagley Oval what were the conditions like uh, were you disappointed what was the crowd like um, I, I wasn't able to catch up with too much of it myself, but um, just looking at the scorecard and reading uh, reports on stuff, etc. Um, wasn't a good day. So uh, if you're at uh, the 0800 150 811, uh, also if you're, um, if you're uh, looking at the Super Rugby this weekend, those New Zealand clashes, mouth-watering, aren't they? Uh, and the Crusaders, they've got a pretty tough task uh, going uh, across to Lautoka as well to play against the Fijian Drua. And if I looked at that uh, Crusader side, I thought to myself, Hmm. That's probably the the least All Blacks I've ever seen in a Crusaders lineup. to be honest. So um, are they taking a bit of a chance there? I don't know. Uh, will Fiji give them a bit of a hurry-up? You bet they will for a while. You know that. The atmosphere will be huge. The heat will be unbelievable. And uh, they will have uh, a tough old battle, the Crusaders. It won't be a cakewalk. Um, also, some very sad news yesterday. Um, passing of Trevor Wilkes. Now, Trevor Wilkes has uh, been... One of the great greyhound callers over a long long period of time down south in particular but a great race caller and a terrific man uh we had uh, trevor wilkes on the show not that long ago actually and uh, he did say i'm not feeling the best but i'm going to fight my way through it uh well he lost his battle yesterday uh, trevor wilkes and uh, very very sad passing so uh, a fine man a great servant to the racing industry and uh, will be remembered very fondly so uh, Rest in peace, Trevor Wilkes, rest in peace. A number of uh, texts have uh, come through as well. Uh, in terms of the cricket, uh, would they chuck Henry Nichols into opening? Uh, this is Rory. He's done it before and say to him, here's your opportunity, prove your worth, or would that be throwing him a hospital pass? Williamson and Conway are our best batters, give them a chance to make some hay. Well, it, you know, that's not going to happen. Uh, Henry Nichols will bat at four in this test match was a hugely responsible position so I guess they've said to him there's no cover there's no Will Young in there to, to bat and, and uh, at number four you're it so maybe they've said to him um, this is uh, Henry you got to front up on this one Will Young still floating around the, the team but uh, they certainly won't be opening with him. Uh, Jim from uh, tamuka regular text to Jim uh, says Smithy I'm a loyal Black Caps fan who will always take the good with the bad i'm ready to see youthful bowlers who we can help along with good support ronald mcdonald and the Hamburglar look more threatening than we do age has caught up with us ronald mcdonald and the hamburger, like it a good one jim you're not uh, you're not too far removed there i like it uh richard says maybe the way england approached their batting and keep other teams in the game as happened last week they get themselves out rather than our bowlers performing well totally distorted result a bit like t20 cricket where a bad ball can get a wicket because of the batsman's intent uh yeah i think that's a good point as well uh richard well made uh billy says um morning smithy plunkett shield bowling averages doug Bracewell, 20 duffy jacob duffy 27 several others better Tickner 36, Kugeline 64, unbelievably poor selections. Well, if they're looking at, um, if they uh, they actually take any notice of the plunket shield, yes, they are. They are poor selections on form, uh, because there's been quite a lot of plunket shield cricket, so they've had opportunities uh, to be better. Get Chris Harris in the environment somewhere, if he isn't already. took wickets, made runs, um, dynamite in the field, out and out all-rounder, and a good all-round chap, that's uh, from Tyson. Uh, I don't know what Harry's doing these days, he was doing a bit of commentary but I haven't uh, seen him for a while, but certainly in terms of enthusiasm um, and um, a guy that you could rely on with the bat and ball in the, in the park, Chris Harris was um, the ideal sort of uh, Michael Bracewell, to be fair if Michael was not going to operate as a spinner as such as batting insurance uh, that's your kind of guy you want Chris Harris, uh, that kind of cricketer uh, Mikey, mornings for the yesterday's performance confirmed my fears for the black caps in terms of the bowling, no bolt, an injured Jamison, we will struggle to bowl out sides and therefore won't win test matches going forward. Heaven forbid Southey thinks of moving on. Pay that man and I don't say this lightly, a man who will be remembered as a le- New Zealand cricket legend, whatever he wants to keep him, I'll tell you that. I, I, look, they can't afford to do without Tim Southey uh, He's within reach now, um, as Mitch pointed out, he's 60 um, odd wickets or 70 wickets behind Richard Hadley. Um, he could get them Tim um, he's a bit of an iron man he doesn't get injured very often that would uh, take him I think about three years and he could probably knock knock off uh, Sir Richard Hadley on 431 Um, so uh, don't write that off as a real possibility hey Smithy what I can't work out is why do we have blokes fail series after series and we don't try other players what harm would it have been swapping Duffy for Tickner Phillips for Nichols, and say you blokes had a go against England these guys will get a go against Sri Lanka if the All Blacks selected the exact same team for every test and we were losing, we would fire the All Blacks coach in a heartbeat. Mm, interesting. Uh, England, India and Aussie, who are the top teams, give guys a chance, but also if you aren't performing, give someone else a chance. Why are we so afraid to do that? Is it just part of our cricket DNA? I think we are a little bit afraid. I, I think we do uh, err on the defensive side of things. I I, I, I really do. Um, and, and that's why everyone's caught... Everyone is caught um, by surprise uh, the way England have been playing because there's a lot of safety. There's a lot of safety played in Test cricket. You know, most captains will err on the cautious side when it comes to declarations, etc. England don't do that. Uh, We do. Uh, That is ingrained in us. There's no doubt about that. Um, so it's a good point though a very very good point we we are we air on the defensive we always have insurance when it comes to batting uh, because we're worried about getting bowled out instead of saying you are the best batsman you five you are the five best batsmen uh, Tim blundell, uh tom blundell tom blundell you're a terrific cricketer tom um and we trust you as a specialist batsman you're good enough now and now let's get uh, the advantage of having that is that we can really work a bowling attack really work with five specialist bowlers and that is what Blundell brings. He brings you that advantage, but you've got to take use of it. You must take use of it. Uh, Neil Wagner, massive heart and an absolute hero for New Zealand, but at 37, he's becoming cannon fodder. Um, this is Rory Batsman have worked him out. He's becoming a one-trick pony now. At least Jimmy Anderson at 41 can swing the ball. I just hope Neil Wags will pull the pin on a wonderful career before it gets sad. Uh, and Dermot has uh, come in and said uh, sad news uh, about uh, Trevor Walk's bloody sad news he said great caller RIP, sir. Thanks for that, Dermot. It's at 9.40 here on SENZ. No one no, seems to want to call. Um, you'll seem to be quite happy with the, the way the Black Caps are going, your callers. So uh, we'll take a break. We'll be back shortly.
0: Bring your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
1: Nine forty-five here on s e n Z and uh, Cliff from Dunedin is called in. Uh, Cliff, good morning to you.
6: Yeah, good morning, Smithy. Lovely day down south here again. Just an Indian summer, I think. We're just going to keep carrying on right through till probably June, maybe.
1: It's good. Won't be getting dark. Hey, Won't um, be getting dark down there till quite late. What, what, what times it get dark with these all these beautiful days?
6: Probably about oh, quarter past eight. It's dark. Yeah, okay. around there now eight eight somewhere around eight eight o'clock ish. Yeah. It it's it's sneaking in. But um yeah, another beauty. The uh you touched on about the, the golf, uh Foxy plus two. He he's he's in a position, there's lots of guys around him. So a, a good round in the morning and um he can make that top seventy. So with Rory, Rory's at four over. He's had a funny old day. He's about he's about twentieth last. So uh, But look, he he could shoot sixty six tomorrow and um, mm. make the make the cut probably the, it'll be, you know, minus one or something like that, so he can get in there. And um we'll talk about the the old cricket. Yeah. I, I I was listening to it yesterday morning when they started and Saudi and Henry bowled pretty well at the start, you know, they were beating the bats, moving the ball. It was a greenish wicket and Overheads because they had the lights on, so there was a, a bit of a wee bit in the air and a bit off the track, but they were a bit unlucky. But yeah, then they, we suddenly let them go. Oh, Wags his his first three overs went for thirty. I don't know what he did. Come out and tried to bowl short probably and somebody. I think it was Mendes. He ended up uh, eighty-seven off eighty balls or something. So he must he must have climbed into to Wags. Uh, had had a bit of a feast there for a few overs in, uh, in Tickner, because he went for quite a bit as well. A good thing, a bowling attack has to work in tandem, and that was a good old thing in the old days with Hadley, Chaps, um, uh Kenzie. They all worked with each other, you know. They, they didn't all want to get the wickets, but they had to work it so that the other guy at the other end might get them. And this is where we've got to do it. Without without Bolt, Saudi, and Wags of, you know, say, three or four years ago, and they were pretty pretty tasty, all of them, and, and they'd, they'd get into you early, but if Saudi and, and Henry, if the rest of them aren't going to support them, it's going to be a long day, and which it did. You know, three hundred and three hundred and ten 310 or something is a pretty fair effort, because they had to go off at T. At, at, at they didn't come back straight away, so they lost a few overs, mm. and they were going pretty well. But, uh, yeah, we're going to dig in there this morning. They, they, they don't bat well at the end. the, the nine, 9, 10, and 11 are rubbish. So if we can't get them out under 350, we'll, we'll be kicking ourselves. So let's hope for that. And uh, the Highlanders, I, I just don't really see them um, getting the win anyway. They've just got to be plucky. The, the forwards always battle up, but I'm just not sure if we've got enough in the backs to... Compete with the New Zealand team, so we'll just have to hope that you never know. We could have one of those brilliant days where we suddenly. I I like the old idea of the Highlanders back in the 90s, and that where we used to run the ball even in the late 80s, in the latter days, Mm. Uh, we'd move the ball well across the field and then back and just keep it going, just try and tire the other side out. But yeah, it, it could be a tough day. Tough weekend
1: for the for the Highlanders. Well, it sounds like you're getting great weather down there, Cliffy, so you enjoy it anyway, and thanks very much for your call this morning. Appreciate that, uh, with an eye towards uh, the golf and the cricketer. Joey from Auckland uh, has called in as well. Joey, good morning to you. Yeah, g'day, Smithy. been a
7: tough week for me. No, me, obviously, Manchester United.
1: Uh, you know, that's a bit, oh, a bit hard to
7: take, but it is what it is, mate. Yeah, it hurts. But um, just on Foxy, you know, it's pretty tough um uh, and you know it, it's um if you I think if you don't score under par and, and especially the PGA, you probably won't make the cut you know um it's pretty brutal over there but he's, he's going all right you know I mean he's only two over and and he, he did last week have a, um, a a five under last last round to get him right up there finish 14th and you know and and um, you know so he, he's, he is he's is going okay um, as I say it's a bit tough and with the cricket um you know sri lanka aren't a bad side mate you know they i think they're running third at the moment um in that competition the uh the world championship you know and they haven't played as many tests as everybody else and um you know three 300 odds you know i, I just have a uh, not a problem uh smithy but you know is it, is it just normal for for um to, to go five five and over now in a test match i mean I,
1: Know, it, seems, it seems a bit high, but maybe that's just the norm. Is that, would, would you agree with that or not? But that's what we're we'll No, it's, going not the it's not the norm. It's it's the norm. Uh, it's, it's the norm be, because England want it to be the norm and they can actually achieve it. It's, it's the way they, they want to play the game. But in traditional Test cricket, no. I mean, there was a Test match in India yesterday, 274 for four. That's about a decent first day's return, uh, 274 for four. Um, and uh, probably better batting conditions than we saw in in Hagley Oval yesterday, but uh, I don't think we should be expecting to get uh, five runs and over, it's going to take a drastic change in attitude and a change in ability and technique as well, so only England have been able to manage it this far, Uh, teams will try and emulate it, Uh, but yesterday wasn't because of, uh, I don't think, too much of an intent from Sri Lanka, it was just the fact that they were given the opportunity to score quickly. Too many boundary balls. 48 fours? 48 fours in one day of cricket, Joey. Way, way too many, I'm afraid, mate. So uh, I, I think you're right. And I, I, I totally agree with you too uh, on Foxy. The thing about Ryan Fox is that he can go low. He's a little bit Rory-like. He can go not so good, but when he goes low, he goes very low. So I think Foxy will make the cut. And uh, I think he's going to have a great four or five, maybe six weeks on the pga side of things as well uh joey thanks very much for your call you have a great day um, and uh, I, I thank you for your uh thank you for making the effort to, to get on the phone that's fantastic Nine fifty two here on senz uh, we'll have a multi before 10 o'clock
0: in agriculture covering your equipment parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field from behind the stumps to behind the mic nothing gets past smithy this is mornings with ian smith on senz
1: 10:03 here on SENZ, uh, the morning show, and uh, we're joined now by Jeff Wilson to look at uh, Super Rugby. Of course, uh, everyone back, uh, well, not everyone, but some sides having home advantage this weekend. Whereas uh, last week it was only the Rebels. And uh, round two, round three is back with some really interesting matchups. I- I've got to say, uh, Chiefs against the Highlanders tonight, um, and then Hurricanes against the Blues tomorrow. The other games I, I really like to talk to uh, to Jeff Wilson about. Um, also like to talk about uh, Jeff Wilson about line and length being a former first-class cricketer and a a former black cap as well. Line and length, Geoffrey, what about that?
8: That would come handy. Instead of the bouncy Yorker theory, slow ball out of the back of the hand, everything that goes on in the game of cricket these days. um, The small margins just wear teams down. Um, Funnily enough, you bowl line and length now. It doesn't matter what form. It appears as though everyone just tries to put you to the fence. It's So, And no one bats where they used to bat. And the pitchers don't do what they used to do, um, so I think it's a vastly different game from when we played.
1: Well, I think it is. It's a it's a game that a lot of us would have, I guess, liked to have played, but we never have, um, we were never indoctrinated into that form of cricket. As you, as you say, Jeff, and um, uh, the the area of concern uh, obviously is is the bowling department. Let's hope we can. We can find some answers to that and have a good second day at Hagley Oval. But uh, principally, mate, um, last weekend was uh, Super Rugby round in Melbourne. What do you think of that concept? Was it a, when you look at uh, the attendances, etc., do you think it's a goer?
8: Look, I think the concept is a really good one. And, and, and you know, look, reality was the first year last year got affected by COVID. So I don't think you could read too much into last season. Um, you know, the first game was, I think one of the games was cancelled, the first game, and so it never really got a chance to build momentum. I had a good chat to Mills Mulyaina, who was over there last weekend, and he felt as though it had some serious potential. There are a couple of ideas that he thinks would make it better. i, I, I think a, definitely thinking a crossover round, um, playing against the Australian teams, just everyone matches up with the, the Australian conference. Maybe a better way of looking at things. So, And maybe doing it maybe a little bit later on in the competition, where it seems to have a little bit more consequence in regards to the playoff picture um, and where teams are sitting. But he said it was an improvement from the 12 months before. Yeah, I mean, optically, um, you know, Melbourne's a really challenging city when you're competing with other events. Ed Sheeran was on, and there was 108,000 people who are committed to go to to, um, the Melbourne Crew Ground, right? So so I think timing's pretty important, but I think in some ways, too, I think if you're trying to create a a party atmosphere for a weekend, this is possibly the, the, the best way to, to go about it. I think they should persevere um, in the short term, Smithy, and just try and evolve and develop it into a, a something maybe a little bit bigger, and if you could add maybe even, you know, you, you think about, you know, why a Super Bowl, and we're talking one of the biggest events in the world, gets some is because it's the entertainment that's around the sport which adds to it. Mm. Maybe it's the Super yeah. need, you know, could add a concert of some sort or, or some sort of other celebration, but I think, I don't think there's any reason, given what Super Rugby is trying to be, I don't think there's no, uh, there's no reason to continue giving this a bit of a crack.
1: OK, right. So let's uh, look at uh, tonight's encounter between the Chiefs and the Highlanders. The Chiefs, of course, have had the perfect start. Two bonus point wins. The Highlanders anything but. Uh, and Hamilton, and on the back of, uh, we hear Billy Harmon and Philo Fokitava having to sit this one out because of uh, all-black commitments uh, last year, which I find a bit strange anyway. But here, here we go. Um, but players coming in, very good players coming back into the Highlanders. What are you thinking about this?
8: Look, this is going to be a hugely tough assignment for the Highlanders. And to start their season with the Blues, Crusaders, and then the Chiefs was always going to be difficult. Um, and so I think there's a lot of people who are already riding the Highlanders off
1: I might have dropped off. Jeff, we'll uh, try and get him back as quickly as we possibly can. Um, yeah, um, it's an interesting one. Of course, the other one tonight is the Rebels against the Waratahs, uh, Fijian and Drua against the Crusaders, Hurricanes uh, against the Blues. Um, that's uh, a big one tomorrow night um, at Sky Stadium in Wellington. Uh, we lost you for I'm a back, second, buddy. Jeff, and you're... Yeah, you were just saying um, uh, a lot of people have written them off because of the, uh, but they haven't really taken into account the hard nature of their start.
8: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, I mean, look, this Highlanders team, there's no doubt about it, against the New Zealand side, it's going to be up against it. It's going to be a challenge. And, look, they're, they're a team which is, you know, struggling for confidence. Um, bringing back Aaron Smith and Shannon Frizzell and Ethan DeGroote is obviously going to make them more competitive. But reality is, this is a side that is going to be challenged against the top teams, and they're going to have to rely on their, I suppose, collective finding a way to, to, to compete tonight uh, in Hamilton. Uh, look, this Chiefs team is really, really good. I mean, they've got everything you need in a championship quality side. They're playing with confidence. They're well-coached. Um, they've got plenty of belief. They've got a um, world-class first five and a fullback who's in just outstanding form and Sean Stevenson. and. So you combine that with the level of experience they got. Look, the Highlanders, you know, there, there could be a little bit of forecast rain, forecast rain around, which might make things, you know, maybe a little bit more competitive up front. Um, but that, in some ways, you look at the um, the Chiefs, and then you start going Tokiaho, Ahau, Ratalek, Kane, Jacobson. Look, they've got everything they need to 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 be really, really good. So this is a big ask for the Highlanders. They'll um they'll find it challenging. Uh, they put Freddie Burns back to fullback. I'm sort of interested in the direction this team takes and the way they want to play going forward because um, you know they're, they're going to have some opportunities in the future when they come up against Australian teams, uh, but they're going to have to find some answers pretty quickly.
1: The Chiefs, uh, Damian McKenzie, looking like uh, he's going to have a, a decent old crack in this 10-roll. Um, are you happy with what you're seeing there?
8: Oh, magic. I'm oh, really, really happy. Saw him in the pre-season against the Blues and you could tell he was sharp Uh, look I think you saw some signs when he came back to New Zealand rugby at the back of last year it was the Damian McKenzie we we all had had seen and experienced before that had worn the the all black jersey and he looks incredibly comfortable with who he's got in the way that they are playing Um, but I think that's because of the security he's getting and the confidence he's getting from a fullback which is stepping up what he needs him to step up and and that's what Stevenson has added to his game and look he's had a remarkable 12 months Sean Stevenson to play his way into an All Black 15, and then come start this season the way he finished last year, um, you know I think that's where this side has got some real assets. And the other one is w- as well is, is Josuani, him being able to come mm. off the bench um, and slot into 10, which means D Mac can go back to 15 if required. They've just got some versatility there. And, and like I say, when, when when it's clear that Super Rugby requires you to have depth, they've got it.
1: The Blues uh, travel to uh, Wellington. A, a really interesting matchup, of course, well publicised. Uh, the Hurricanes will be without Adi Savia, which gives a really impressive, uh, I thought, uh, NPC player last uh, year, and Peter Larkay, an opportunity to to come from the back of the scrum. Um, what do you think about this matchup?
8: Massive uh, and and huge for the Blues because. Know, they're looking at that. This is a competitor in, in the New Zealand conference, and in terms of the competition, where this Hurricanes team, when they're uh, when they're on top of their game, they're strong in the right positions as well, and they're going to rely heavily on a Brett Cameron in the Hurricanes. But I think Larkay is massive for them. Um, you know, he was outstanding last year. It's great to see him get an opportunity. I want him to see and get, to play big minutes. Artie's a huge loss though, massively. Um, but I mean, this Blues team uh, were good in, in week one. They were very frustrated last week against the Brumbies team, which was you know, I I think uh, dogged and determined, and they were the Brumbies that we know that they are. They're a good team as well. To me, they're a top four or five side in this competition, the Brumbies, so the Blues can look at that, and they need to learn from the second 40 where their wealth uh, of possession and and their ability to to, to score points and they they should really have won that game. They just didn't get it done, so this is a um, this is an important bounce-back performance for the Blues. They need to get it to get this uh, get this done, but um, the Hurricanes at home. Oh, oh, look, I like I say, I think the lot's going to fall on on young Brett Cameron and and uh, and, and how they play uh, and their decision makers. But you know, I'm excited for this one because um, you know this Hurricanes team when they're on, that they're they're strong in key areas. You know,
1: there's only one change um, enforced by injury. And that's AJ Lamb coming in for Mark Talia, who had quite the start to the season, but. Uh, there's a really interesting matchup, and uh, I know we talk about this bloke uh, every week, but uh, here's a real good one for Roger Tuovasa-Shek against Geordie Barrett, looking to make uh, the all-black jersey number 12 his own, and the guy who wants to make a statement about that too.
8: He started really well, Roger Tuovasa-Shek. Um, um, I really like what he's doing. Uh, but you're, you're right. If you're going to make a statement, and if you want to let people know that, you know what, I'm in for the fight, and... and you know, if you look at the, the second five position at the highest level right now, you've got Jordy Barrett, David Harveley, you've got Anton leonard Brown. So it's a really a, a huge ask for Roger Tuivasa-Sheck because essentially he is a one-position player. hasn't played enough. He's played a little bit on the wing. Um, I saw him in the preseason at fullback. I would like to have seen him play there a little bit more. But if you're going to make a statement, this is the time to do it. But Jordy Barrett is, you know, and you talk about matchups. In the end, they, it's not like you play head to head but it's the impact you can have on the game which will, will make you stand out. Jordy Barrett's going to have an impact because there are so many things that he brings. It's what difference does Roger Tuobata-Shek bring to the Blues, and can he get his hands on the ball? How many times can he get over the advantage line? Defensively, can he make the right decisions when he needs to? And there's still one, one question mark around, can he be another playmaker? Can he be a guy, when he gets the ball in his hands, can he create for others? not just himself. That's where Geordie Barrett probably, you know, at the moment, his decision-making, his foreign path, his offload, all of that means he's the complete player. Roger's got some really nice attributes. He just needs to show a little bit more. And that's where Haveli, all-round player, kicking game, passing game, the ability to create for others. That's where Roger needs to show a little bit more. If he does that, then the conversation changes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's a mouth-watering clash. I really do. And I think the Highlanders are going to produce a wee bit more uh, tonight than they have um, with uh, Aaron Smith-Frizzell and De Groot back. Also, uh, the Crusaders have got a nice little, um, a nice little outing in uh, Toka, We know it'll be hot. We know what the atmosphere will be like. And uh, the Fijian draw at home. Uh, it'll be anything, I think, particularly early on, uh, anything but a cakewalk.
6: Yeah,
8: I mean, it's one of those games where you can get sucked into. when you, and, we've, and a lot of these teams have played in Fiji. They've not played against the drua. It was when they were playing sort of derby games and they were taking matches up there. And it is hot, it is humid, and it takes its toll. And we've seen a remarkable high-scoring swinging affairs where one team's been in control for 40 minutes and the other team's come storming back and won. And that's the danger of when you're playing the drua in Fiji is the fact that if you get sucked in, to that type of game that is right up their alley. The fact that if you get away from structure, if it's at a high tempo, it will take its toll. And then all of a sudden, you put yourself under pressure because they are prepared and capable of scoring. I mean, more, more they scored more tries in their own half last year than they did the opposition half. Well, they, they essentially, they, they're a long-range team. And we've already seen it this season what they're capable of. So it's a danger. But the Crusaders... Um, they understand that these these games are really important. You have to win these games. You want to control your destiny early on in the season for when you sit on the table at the end of the season. So I, I, I'm excited about it because it's, this is what this tournament was about. When you created this competition, the Drua, well, you wanted them to be playing in Fiji. They've got seven games there this year. This is why this competition has the potential to grow because this is what it's, uh, it's about It's Different challenges and different environments And different fans I think it'll be a great, great occasion
1: I think it will too uh, I actually would love to be there for that. Um, To be uh, I, just, I just kind of got a uh, In my multi Jeff uh, for the weekend I've, I've actually put Moana Pacifica in to beat the force And I, I think this is one that Aaron Major Might have looked at and thought I think we can get this one And on early season form the force Looked like they get a ball
8: they are gettable, but the force at home, um, they're good. I, I got. I, I know what you. want Pacifica for me. What, what were they paying? What did you get them at? Um
1: I got them at two dollars sixty, head to head.
8: Oh, so you're they're your You maker. There multi maker. Are they? They're the ones that are just. they're just that little wee, and it's the last game of the round. There's no doubt they get them. Mm. Um, Moana need to the Moana Pacifica team they need to learn and learn quickly about where they're falling down in games and it's for them it's about their last 20 minutes their last 25 minutes is the fact that they need to they need to win that Um, this is their opportunity this is their game where they can like you say they can make their first statement of the year and if if they want to show improvement this is when they do it I I like the odds at 260 but I, I don't think you can underestimate the force
1: okay Cool, Jeff. Uh, thanks for the preview. Hopefully a better day for the Black Caps, and um, a better yes, night so for the too. Highlanders tonight. So too. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do too. I really do. Uh, great to talk to you, mate. Uh, enjoying your work on the tally as well. So thanks very much for that um, and have a fine weekend, sir.
8: Thanks
1: very much, Mother. Always a pleasure to chat. Cheers, buddy. Cheers, man. Thank you. Uh, it's 10.17 here on SENZ. Panel coming up very shortly. Uh, a couple of interesting characters. There might be a sense of the gloat a sense of the gloat around Mark Watson. I kind of feel he's going to be in that kind of mood. Graham Beasley will have had a, a very close look at the cricket yesterday as well. So those gentlemen coming up very shortly. Football result which will never be forgotten. Good morning to you, sir.
9: Yeah, morning to you, Smithy. Without a doubt, we might not win a trophy, but beating Manchester United 7-0, in my opinion, uh, is almost as good as the FA Cup. It's certainly good as the Caribou Cup. I'll take that one.
1: I'll take that one, I'm sure you will. Hey, hey uh, would you take 306 for six after the first day when you win the toss and bowl? I wouldn't.
9: No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, really disappointing. Um, is it poor captaincy? Was it the poor choice? Uh, is it a Christchurch pitch that's benign? Um, yeah, I, I think there are a lot of issues here, aren't they? I mean, Neil Wagner, is he a little one-dimensional in the way he's bowling now? Staying to become a little bit predictable. Uh, but really, I think one of the biggest issues for me, Smithy, is when are we actually going to develop a world-class spinner? When are we actually going to place emphasis on putting quality spinners into a New Zealand team? Uh, I mean, you look at the Indians, they've got Jadija, they've got Ashwin Australia have got Nathan, South Africa have got Tahir, uh, I think Sri Lanka have got Hurth. A- a- and what have we got? A- again, just some sort of finger spinner who's never going to bowl a side out where, uh, you know, in a situation we found ourselves in yesterday, at 151 or Sri Lanka, 151 for three, 200 and what was it, 14 for four. You know, that's when you want your Nathan Lyon, that's want your Tahirs, that's when you want your Ashwins, and we just don't seem to have that. And I think it's a really, really big issue for New Zealand cricket that's gone on for far too long.
1: I think it is too. I think, and it's getting revealed uh, way too often from my point of view. But uh, Graham Leg Break Beasley will have um, <coughs> a view on this as well, Graham. I, I think a pretty poor result uh, at the end of. Day one, need a good day two.
5: Yep, yeah, uh, very much. I, I thought we were really good in the first hour, and could easily have had more than one down at that stage. Uh, a couple of very close DRSs went, went against us then and we're beating the bat. But, but the issue we had is that once Salve once and Henry weren't bowling, then, um, then the cover was pretty bare, really. And the way that Sri Lanka could score so quickly, I mean, everyone's gone on about baseball over the last month, but the way that Sri Lanka played was probably with less risk than baseball, but pretty similar results really. I mean they were <clears throat> they were rocking along at about five and over for, for most of yesterday and we just didn't really have any way of um of being able to stem the tide and, and, and I agree that, that the lack of a proper uh, is stunned to um is, is done to really hurt us. Particularly at a time when in my opinion Ish Sodi is probably in the form of his career. Um and I, I think it's actually him uh, it's the guy who um who who we should be looking to. I mean, yeah he bowled really well in Pakistan, he got a six for in one inning um, he's doing well in Plunkersfield I, I I think that he's the He's the person who, um, who should be in the side
1: The thing that uh, worries me, Graham, Is that uh, your bad balls these days They go for four Or your, your not-so-bad balls go for four uh, And that, of course uh, 48 forty eight fours yesterday 48-4s and a six I mean, that's just too easy yeah. It takes so much pressure off
5: Yeah, as it, it, it certainly does and Yeah, as, as I say um, Sri Lanka were always able to score pretty quickly really um, Even you know after they lost those couple of wickets in the 150 They had sort of two or three overs of, of Matthews and Co getting themselves in But then, then they were up away and, and, and firing again So um, the New Zealanders in the field never really had the chance to relax um, and, and I think another factor in this series is that Sri Lanka come here And they need to beat New Zealand 2-0 And they're going for that uh, yeah, they need to beat New Zealand 2 0 to make the World Ex Championship final. Um, assuming Australia can also beat India and Australia's made a good start in that as well. Um hmm. so I think because of that situation it means that Sri Lanka are gonna be good to watch in the series. Um while while that option is alive, I, I um I think that they'll be really good value. So I think we're in for an interesting
1: few days, really. I well, I think we are. <laughs> I think it's a crucial day. Yeah, go go ahead, mate. Yeah, I think one of the things that
9: I think is, is part of the problem with New Zealand cricket, I've talked in the past about our first class game and um, that just seems to be really just a feeder, isn't it, for New Zealand cricket. It's, a, it's basically a trial um, and it doesn't clearly appear to be working in regards to sort of succession planning. But you see Tim Southey again taking three wickets. It's still just that old adage, isn't it? It's line and length. You don't need to be express. You know, look at Glenn McGrath, you go back to the likes of the Hadleys, you go back to those wonderful bowlers in your era. But I think one of the things that I think the New Zealand public need to be asking more, they need to be demanding more. And unfortunately, um, look, I don't think New Zealand crickets, there's ever been that expectation on them like there is with the All Blacks. If the All Blacks lose, a nation mourns. New Zealand cricket, yes. I mean, you are part of a great side in the 1980s and the Test Series in 1985, but those type of achievements have been few and far between. And I just don't think there is that expectation from the public on this team. And that needs to somehow change. We need to be asking for more. We need to be critiquing. We need to be putting the coach under more pressure. We need to be asking for changes the public. We need to be lighting the talkback waves up and actually creating that uh, pressure that exists, I guess, with the All Blacks, that it's not OK to lose, um, that we've got to continue to evolve. And what we can sort of put baseball to one side and say, look, this is just, you know, look, this is just a trend. It's not going to ever, it's not going to be long-lasting. But the reality, I think, with T20 cricket, T20 cricket is just teaching players how to be a lot more innovative. It's teaching players how to play with a lot more freedom, to score runs a lot quicker, and it is going to be a part of test cricket. This is test cricket going forward. And New Zealand still don't seem to want to adopt it. We still seem to just want to play that conservative five-day approach.
1: True, very, very true. Uh, We're going to take a a short uh, news break here, um, and uh, we'll go to Aaraua. And when we come back, Mark Watson and Graham Beasley will still be with us. Hopefully, Mark, I want to touch uh, with you on a a late review of um, the uh, New Zealand Athletics champs and what you saw positive coming out of there. Uh, We'll also uh, talk about this. uh, Latrell Mitchell seems to have been the target of a racial abuse again. Uh, Why is it still happening? Ryan Fox playing in the players. Plenty to talk about. We'll be back shortly.
2: Big talk, big opinions, the panel.
1: Yes, Mark Watson and Graham Beasley with us this morning and Graham, uh, this racial target, uh, targeting of Latrell Mitchell. Um, why is this still happening? Have, have they not put up big enough warnings about this kind of thing?
5: Oh, it's just extraordinary, isn't But to happen so early in the season, for some reason, it makes it seem worse. I mean, what, what was this kid thinking over the summer break? Um, I think what makes it even worse is that he was sitting with his father, you know. Um, what, what's going on in that family? Um, for that to happen, um, you know, some someone just doesn't randomly throw out racial abuse uh, unless they come from an environment where that's pretty common. So, I really hope they throw the book at him. And actually, probably even more so at his father, um, because that's that's where And um And uh, yeah, you you sort of like to think that we're behind all of that. You know, there was that spell in um, European football in the eighties and nineties where it was was very common and. The, pretty much eradicated it there. They haven't fully eradicated it, but it's certainly better than what it was. And I like to think of that, that kind of stuff behind us. But um, I guess all they can do is just keep on sending out the messages and to um, interact really harshly with, with people like that that we got last night.
1: Mark Watson, uh, we'll get away from that because um, athletics is uh, relatively clean in, in that regard, although I go back to the days. Who were the, the two guys with the black gloves? Was it Carlos Smith and somebody? back in the day. um, Yeah, yeah,
9: 1968, yeah, with the Australian with the silver medal in between.
1: That's correct, yeah. Mm. Um, Okay, uh, slightly less than the Olympics, but looking towards the Olympics, um, can we we take a lot of positives out of uh, Newtown last weekend?
9: Yeah, look, I think so. I spoke to you last week, and I I might have been a bit Mm. tough on Eliza McCartney. I sort of thought she was probably jumping more in that sort of... 4.30 430 to 440 range, but that performance of hers at 4m60 is a big, big step up for her. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't expecting that. Um, she'll be delighted with 4m60. 4m80 is going to get you close to an Olympic medal, and um, as we spoke last week, the key thing for her is just being able to stay injury free and now just be able to put layer and layer of training week in week out month and month out with more competition and she might just get back to her best so i think that was a really really pleasing moment i think jack o'gill beating tom walsh i talked last week where i felt maybe that tom walsh might have just reached his ceiling with his throwing but always felt that perhaps jack o'gill still has a lot of improvement left in him and he ended an 11 year run for tom walsh at those world champions at, at national championships and i just wonder how big a moment and how much of a psychological um, impact that's going to have on him going forward in regards to, you know, really now taking his throwing to that next level. Um, I also think um, Maddie Maddie Weshi, who's come in and basically sort of the succession plan to Valerie Adams, you know, she threw 19 metres 13. That's good enough to get her an Olympic medal um, or very close to it. So we're starting to see her again step up. And sometimes in those strength-based sports, it is an age thing. It is time. It's not about so much changing your training. Yes, you're always making technical adjustments, but sometimes it's just year on year, layer on layer, and you get those breakthrough performances. And I, I think that's really, really pleasing. Um, look, Zoe Hobbs running 11.07, New New Zealand 100 metre record. Uh, Tian Welpton, he, he won his first national 100 metre title as well. So. Look, I, I think there is a lot to be excited about. But as I said last week, it, it's strange, isn't it? You know, we all grew up in that era where it's always been middle distance athletics, it's dominated athletics, and now the Blue Ribbon events, are uh, the field events, whether it be in, you know, javelin throwing, whether it be in uh, the pole vault, or whether it be in the throwing events. And, and that's exciting, because I, I, I do think that we've got a population, particularly the Pacifica community, that I think are, are, are cut out for that. And hopefully... What we're seeing is just the beginning of, you know, a, a new era in athletics.
1: Okay, let's uh, get to Super Rugby uh, this weekend, Graham Beasley. Uh, a couple of tasty little New Zealand matchups here coming up.
5: Yeah, particularly tomorrow night. I think. I think. I mean, I do fear for the homeless tonight. To be honest, um, I think it's going to be a really long season for them, especially when they play other New Zealand sides. I think once they get over to Tasman, they'll, they'll probably do a bit better. Um, but tomorrow night's going to be fascinating for mine. Um, Hurricanes are home against the Blues, and what's going to interest me is what kind of Hurricanes performance we're going to see, given the week they've had. Um, you know, losing their, their captain and the death player their inspiration with all that controversy, and, um, and with the judicial process dragging out over 48 hours and all that kind of stuff. Is it going to galvanise them? Are they going to put in a game for Rd, or will that have just been too much for them during the week? And... Um, and they'll really miss the talisman. Yeah, it can go either way. So it's simply fascinating how that plays out. It's absolutely pouring down at the moment, but um, hopefully we'll have by tomorrow night.
1: Okay, um, for you, Mark Watson, what are you looking forward to?
5: I want to see Ruben Love. I want to see how
9: good this guy is. Um, came on the radar last year. I'll be honest, he's not somebody I looked at until maybe he was pointed out, but there's all sorts of big raps on Ruben Love. So really keen to see that. I need to see an improved performance from Rico Iwani. I'm still just not convinced he's a centre. I know that he has played well at times for the All Blacks, but we've also lost a lot of tests with him at centre. Uh, You know, centre's not just about being flashy. Centre's about, you know, putting other players into space and actually knowing how to feed your outside backs. And I just think he's deficient in that area. I actually think the Blues will win this. I think um, they learned some lessons last week um, against the Brumbies. Um, but I think also the Hurricanes now know the game plan in terms of beating the Blues, and that is, I know it's an old cliche, but that's just win the collision, that's just win up front, that's just win the forward battle. Um, So I think there's pressure on both sides. The Hurricanes come, you know, two wins after two games, Blues, Maybe a bit of a, a false sense after that first game against the Highlanders, only to be sort of walked back down to earth last week. So, look, I think that is very much the encounter everybody's looking forward to. I, I think the Crusaders should have no problem dispatching the Fiji and Drua And when it comes to the Australian side, I'm not really that interested, to be perfectly honest, um, unless the New Zealand side's involved. So, yeah, look, I, I think there's some early season matchups that we should be excited about. Um, and yeah, you know, are the Hurricanes the real deal I guess, off, off the back of two wins but yeah, no Artie Severe. that in itself is an interesting decision um, which I struggle with uh, I think we all do some things, don't we in the heat of the moment, I know I play a little bit of seven-a-side soccer on a Friday night and sometimes even me even calm old Mark can get a little bit irrational at times and then 30 minutes later <laughs> feels a bit embarrassed with his performance on the field you know, nice quite like and um, <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got a lot better, to be honest. Um, but you know, we're all a little bit—we're all guilty of that at time But I, and I sort of, dice you know—I am sort of um, just moving a little bit onto that subject. But look, as I say, mankind is flawed, you know, and therefore I think it's okay if our flaws are sometimes shown on a sports field. I, you know, we're seeing diminishing crowds, we're seeing um, less and less people watching the game on TV, and it seems to be that everything's trying to about appease the family. Well. Maybe we don't want to appease the family. Maybe it's okay to show our flaws because maybe we're all flawed and we can actually relate to it. And so, yeah, I I just think we've got to, you know, we're just taking the emotion out of sport. And I think it's just killing it for me to a degree.
1: Okay. Uh, Interesting perspective there. Uh, I don't want to decry the DP uh, tour, uh, the DP World Tour, Graham, but I, I think this is a really interesting phase of golf and in the career of Ryan Fox. Uh, he's going to have a concerted four or five week blast on the PGA. Um, and I think it could be the making of him.
5: Yeah, it's a key month or so coming up for him, isn't it? Um, I mean, obviously he hasn't had a, a great start in the players' Championship, the Craig Perks Invitational. Um, so he's going to struggle <laughs> to make the cut there. But you're right, the uh, the next few weeks, and obviously with the Masters being the highlight, um, yeah, if, if he can put in a good shift in the Masters, then I think people are going to really look at him, and um, uh, and a lot more draws might might open for him. And, and I'd imagine that he's fully aware of that. He, he's aware of all the all the pressures that are coming up for him. Um, and obviously, he'll have um, everyone behind him and uh, watching how he goes. So I'd imagine it'll get a lot of coverage back here, um, Ryan Fox, over the next month.
1: I do too. Uh, I think with the uh, the increased um, coverage uh, that the PGA brings to us. Uh, the big events that he's playing in, I think there's a a real opportunity for him, uh, Mark, and I I think he's got the goods, I I really do.
9: Yeah, look, I, I was maybe a little bit concerned at one point that perhaps he wasn't in maybe the best physical shape he could be in, in regards to, you know, when you look at a lot of other golfers, but I've sort of, you know, with the results that he's had and the consistent year that he's had, look, that's him, that's his plumbing, and I think it does work for him. Look, you know, when you go to the Players' Championship, you've only got to go back and look at Craig Perks, don't you, in 2002. So you'll see a New Zealand flag, you'll see a New Zealand name etched on the walls, and I think that's enough belief there to say, hey, I can do this. Um, You know, you go back to Perks when he did win. I mean, those last four holes were some of the best golf you could watch. Um, And wouldn't it be great, you know, if we could have a Michael Campbell moment of 2005 where we just glued to our television the back nine of a golf tournament. Who gets the yips? Who believes? Um, You're two back. Suddenly you're two up. And it's just some of the most compelling sport. And, you know, we've got Lydia Code very much driving the sport on the women's side. But, you know, men's golf has been looking for that hero since Michael Campbell, since Craig Burks. And, boy, it was a long time. You know, and then we, of course, had that... um, We had the... um, Cup team that won in the early night the Eisenhower team, but it's been you know it's been a little bit of a dry spell, and so yeah, look, he carries the hopes of a nation, and I think he's a guy who can deal with that pressure, and he's shown that, and he goes into these tournaments with not a lot of pressure on him. They're not going to be talking about him, and I, I think that plays into his hands.
1: I do too. I think you summed it up beautifully, and because of that, I'm going to reward you, um, Mark Watson. Uh, I just want you to sit back, Graham Beasley. Thank you very oh, much no. uh, for your. No, Thank you done. very, very much. No, I've got oh, to do this. Oh. Hey Graham, wait, wait. Graham,
9: sing along, sing along, sing along, boys, sing along. Turn it up, turn it up. Everybody around the
5: country, I'll, wind your windows not down. Hanging up, like you know
9: you want to. You know you want to. Oh, no. oh, That's beautiful. I'm
5: getting
1: emotional. <laughs> of
9: the I'm getting emotional. Oh, God oh, you're a hopeless so romantic smithy. <laughs> <I'm
5: laughs> how
9: does how does oh. go against AC Milan? Start. Oh we shouldn't mention that, should we?
1: No, not too good.
9: Oh, sing not it, sing it, Smitty. I know you no, want to. Come on. Another... Turn it up. Sing it.
10: sing it.
1: Sing it. There's other songs from Jerry and the Pacemakers that I prefer, to be honest. Mate, right, what an I've
9: got goosebumps. All together, people. All together. Sing it loud.
1: who needs to live in a house in Muriwai when you've (laughs) got this I know in the history of my broadcasting career this possibly was the biggest mistake I just made thank you very much gentlemen have a wonderful melodic weekend uh, particularly uh, you Graham (laughs) after having to suffer that Uh, it's 10.44 uh, 10.44 here on SENZ we'll be back shortly
0: He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa This is Mornings with Ian Smith On SCNZ.
2: The loveracing.nz update Your home for everything thoroughbred racing Visit loveracing.nz Racing's biggest fan
1: Time to catch up with the one, the only Louis Herman Watt uh, Who's uh, with us Um, I can tell you that um, Otaki They are racing today a massively busy weekend as well With uh, Pukukui hosting uh, the Bone Crusher uh, And of course uh, the Barfoot and Thompson Auckland Cup Bone Crusher with uh, 320, 320,000 Auckland Cup with 500,000 uh, Trentham have got uh, races tomorrow as well And Gore on Sunday So there's plenty, plenty to look forward to uh, All beginning um, just up the coast a wee bit uh, In Otaki today, heard before uh, from Graham Beasley that it was uh, hosing down in Wellington um, and uh, we just uh, had Louis on the line but it's dropped off so uh, I don't know what the track conditions will be there like at uh, Otaki but um, there is a word or two uh, floating around about uh, a horse a horse um, <coughs> in the fourth race um, by the name of Pagal Pagal P-E-G-A-U and with, uh, one or two very notable owners so uh, Louis has joined us now thank goodness for that uh, Louis, yes, Ota- Otaki today and then the Classics tomorrow.
10: And apparently you've got a special for uh, Otaki today, Smithy, which you would have tipped out.
1: I just did then, there, yeah, but I, I gave you the opportunity earlier to get on, so there you go.
10: And that, and that right there is, um, that is true friendship right there, so I, mm. I appreciate that. And, and in return, I will declare one for you right now and your wonderful listeners. Um, I'm actually surprised that the punters haven't come for this, so maybe i'm on my own and it, it is a competitive enough race uh, a horse called paul david and race number six is a, a nice chance but i'm taking it on because it's drawn barrier 16 and i'm all about it's business time this is a, a sh- interesting race because it's one of these maat so it's a maiden at a certain time and since that time it's business time has won a race on a saturday it's run second and it's won another race on a saturday and all of a sudden it's racing against a bunch of maideners paying $2.70 from Barrier 5 with Opie Boston in a fair weight. So it might be the best-placed horse this weekend, I think, over 1,400 metres in race number six. It's business time, and my other best bet for the day comes straight off the hot off the heels of that. Hopefully we have a little profit, and we can go each way all day on synchronised from Barrier 1 with that nice weight. One, two starts to go here, three starts to go here at Pukekohe, and... Um, I think up to 1400 is going to really suit the Servile Mere. I think she's got a bit of talent. She can just get herself into tricky racing positions. But Craig Grills from Barrier One, I think he'll be able to be very conservative, pop her out maybe at about the 300, 400, and hopefully she's too strong over the 1400 with that breeding on her side. So that's race number seven, number twelve, synchronized, and it's business time. We'll be having a play on those for the Good Oil tomorrow, Smithy. So
1: Okay, and uh, you're on tomorrow morning with uh, Michael. Is he back in town or not?
10: He is. It was a flying visit to the Miracle Mile. Um, so Mickey G's back, and I know he's fired up um, for, for a, a big day of racing, Auckland Cup. He's got plenty of thoughts, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to catching up with Mick because he's the mailman, and he's going to make us a lot of money.
1: Okay, but uh, look forward to that Because uh, that's one thing I always need uh, Have a terrific weekend, man um, um, And punt well, eh? Go well
10: Thank you, Smithy Oh, very quickly, very, very quickly um, I should say, uh, thoughts with Everyone um, that knew Trevor Wilkes uh, Of the industry yep. lot are, are really great And absolute legend, so I just want to pass that on
1: Absolutely Absolutely, fully endorse that Gave him a bit of a tribute before, but should not be forgotten Great man, Trevor Wilkes, thanks Louie
2: of course, over the weekend, as you mentioned, a bit going quickly just touch on the cricket. A New Zealand up against Sri Lanka, 50-50 so far in the betting, but New Zealand top-run scorer in the first innings, the most popular is Latham at 5.50. South Africa, 76% head-to-head in their match at 105. Of course, we had International Women's Day on Wednesday, and we're still running plenty of uh, boosted odds around the women's sport this weekend, including the Chiefs Manawa, who's been by far the populist to win by 11-20. 20 Boosted at four dollars, the Blues women to get their first one for the season at three fifty, boosted by thirteen or more. And Magic up against the Stars, a really nice game there. Everton to win by one to five points at two forty has been boosted there, some be the really popular. And just quickly on the NRL tonight, the Eels are leading the betting head to head at one fifty. On the racing side of things, Pukekohe, of course, we've got the two Group Ones to look forward to there. Don't forget, to if you hit the JABBY website, there is power place available DIY you can do it on the Auckland Cup
0: agriculture, covering your equipment, parts and service needs to help you succeed in your field. From behind the stumps to behind the mic, nothing gets past Smithy. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ. Uh,
1: the Players' Championship uh, leaderboard at the moment. Uh, Ramey at 8-under, uh, talked about him before, little known player, but 8-under uh, uh, on this course, TPC Sawgrass is unbelievable with the amount of water. Um, Colin Morikawa seven under, Tyler Pendrith five under, Scotty Scheffler four under. And then a whole other group uh, with Scotty Scheffler on that number as well. Jordan Spieth currently at three under. Justin Thomas uh, can't find uh, a putt to go in the hole uh, today. He is uh, one over. Uh, Max Homer is uh, with him as well. So uh, it hasn't been a standout. Rory McIlroy uh, really rough this morning, and uh, Ryan Fox, uh, Ryan Fox was uh, plus two. So uh, that's the update from um the players championship the fifth major as they call it but let's get into the league for this weekend and of course it's round two it kicked off last night with the panthers beating the rabbitos to secure their first win of the year tonight it's the eels and the sharks followed by the broncos and the cowboys tomorrow at five o'clock uh, right here on SENZ, you can catch our call on the one new zealand warriors taking on the roosters and uh, that will be an interesting encounter on the back, of course, of uh, their first up win, first up win um, against the Newcastle Knights. Other matchups uh, this weekend uh, of uh, significance, and uh, it really is uh, a good. And that was a, a good win last night, just uh, by the by, too. Um, so we'll, uh, we're just uh, waiting for Blake Ashford to to join us, so we can go through his impressions of the, the Warriors and um, what he made of that performance last week and uh, what he's uh, looking forward to uh, this weekend. Yeah, the Panthers um, 16, the Rabbitohs 10. Of course, um, on the back of uh, that uh, loss last week, uh, the Panthers were upset, which uh, was the surprise of... uh, I was going to say the surprise of the season after one week, it probably still might end up being the surprise of the season, beaten uh, first up by the Dolphins. The Eels against the Sharks, the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Roosters and the Warriors, the Dolphins and the Raiders, the Storm and the Bulldogs, the Western Tigers, uh, West Tigers against the Knights and the Dragons and the Titans. So, uh, Kez, we haven't uh, at this stage been able to get hold of uh, Blake Ashford. So uh, what are you looking forward to in terms of the Warriors? when they take on this weekend, Uh, the uh, The Roosters, of course uh, on the back of a performance that was not their best last week. I'll probably uh, cop some slack, Smithy, both of my two
3: NRL teams going head to head this week in the Warriors and Sydney City. It's going to be, uh, one thing that I'm not looking forward to is another week without DWZ, Dallin Watini's a Lesniak, Uh, he's set to miss three more games before making his first appearance so... I would usually say big loss for the warriors but um after a big round one win i think they'll do quite all right smithy
1: okay let's uh, look at the warriors team that's been named and quite rarely uh, no changes no changes this week so chance uh, nickel Clark, stand at the back with edward corsi and uh, brayden uh adam pompey marcello montoya tamari martin and sean johnson that's the back line Um, What about the Tamari Martin-Sean Johnson combination for you? How's it looking? Saw a lot of good flashes out of SJ
3: last week. I mean we've sort of always had these high expectations on him since he's come back to be uh, the warrior that he once was. And I don't think his kicking game was quite up to standard for what he expected. Uh, There was obviously big talks about him uh, reinventing his kicking game but adding Tamari Martin into the house with SJ is is sort of a, a masterclass. I mean we've obviously overloaded uh, the fullback position so getting Tamari in in the house I think he's just found his time to find his feet and actually adjust but look I'm no changes to the team, and, and I agree with that. I think what uh, Andrew Webster's done is a masterclass. You know, he's giving these guys that consistency um, that, hey, if you want to be in this team, you've really got to earn it, you know, and we're not just going to be interchanging here and there. we got to win, and it was a, a, a good performance in the end from the Warriors, so why would you change
1: anything? Forwards uh, led by uh, Aaron Fanuwa Blake, Wade Egan, Mitchell Barnett, uh, who was uh, very impressive last week, Jackson Ford, Monata Nuekori, um, and uh, Tohu Harris who defensively was a giant last week.
3: I mean we talk about Tohu and we can talk about him all we want he's, he's basically not a human smithy the way he plays <laughs> um, I, one thing that I'd like to see and I don't know if it's this round or the next is give Tohu a little bit of a rest. I mean it's, it's obvious that he can play 80 minutes or even play 40 minutes at prop but I think it's just one of those things where is it sustainable for a whole season and these tackles that he's making they're not going to slow down but I just think it's about preserving that and making sure that we don't peak too early. Uh, that, that forward combination is really really nice, I'm really looking forward to it but I think
1: it's going to be another massive week from Tohu Harris. Another massive week from Harris. It might have to be. Let's look at the roosters. Let's look at the roosters and um, the dangers that, that they possess. Of course, bouncing back off uh, that loss last weekend. Yeah, nah.
3: Look, I like the really, really like the look of the roosters uh, with my uh, two-eyed goggles on, Smitty. Obviously. I don't know who I want to win here. I'm still sort of deciding that. Um, But look, it was a great performance from the Dolphins last week. I mean, who who really expected it? And I just, I think the Roosters are going to be, you know, you never want to go up against a wounded shook, do you? And I think James Tedesco and and Tupou at the back are going to have a stunner. Obviously, you can never, ever ride out Joey Manu, but you're right, Smithy, just looking through that team, it's stacked, isn't it? Cut the mic,
4: cut the mic. It
1: is stacked. Other matchups for the weekend, what are the games you're looking forward to? Uh, for me Smithy
3: I mean that game is for me the, the one to watch but the other one that I've got my eye on is because of my uh, fantasy as well is the Eels against the Sharks uh, one of them is going to take a big loss and I know both the fan bases aren't going to be happy either way it is so I think that's uh, where I'm looking for me but I think Smithy there's one guy uh, who can give a lot of a better take especially on these Warriors and that's ex Kiwis coach Bricky host Tony Kemp who joins the show now
1: yeah, Kempi, good morning to you and thanks very much for uh, answering the call. We just uh, needed to get a little bit more in depth into the Roosters against the Warriors, mate, and how often uh, has uh, a Warriors coach been able to name an unchanged side from week to week? Can you remember when? No, I can't, really. It is
11: one of the, I guess, um, known factors of of building momentum and building some resilience is having the same team show up week in week out in a competition which is arguably one of the hardest in the world to play in. So Andrew recently got the luxury of that this week. I thought they played really well down in Wellington to be fair, fairly honest. I thought especially their forward pack um, the likes of Mitchie Barnett uh, near Kordi out there on the right and forward on the left uh, you know, is why Wade Egan had such a good game at hooker. And um, they're going to have to be up to that, or even better, this weekend against Sydney Bruce.
1: What signs did you see that you liked? What signs did you see were concerning?
11: I'll take the the latter first. I think the concerning part of it was the, the end of the sets, the kicking game. Um, you know, it was a bit, bit rusty still. You know, Sean got himself in a position. He had a couple of, couple of wobbly kicks. He should know a lot better than that. Uh, been around for you know 200-odd games in the NRL. So I'd say uh, Andrew Redster would have worked on that this week and, and, and hopefully to, we'll see a better end to the sense of the sixth this week. Um, but one of the, the better parts of the game for me that really stood out was the the way that they rolled down the pitch quite easily with a, the with a forward pack that they had. Um, the players that I named, Barnett, Ford, McCordy, especially the new guys, Adam Fanua-Blake on the back of it, and Wade Egan getting out a dummy half is, is really a lot like rugby union smithy is you know, if you don't win the middle of the park you're going to go a long way of, of setting you, yourself up for failure and I thought they did that really well against the Knights um, coming up against Sydney City this week they haven't got their full forward pack out You know, there's no Matt Lodge, there's no Jared Warrior Hargraves they lose a bit of size and I think it's one part of the game where they can go out and, and probably go back to back if they can win the, that middle of the park again
1: where are the dangers, then, from the Roosters' point of view?
11: Well, Joey Manu comes back, that's the biggest danger. Um, you add him to any, any back line, he'd been the top three players in the world at the moment, Spitty, Joey Manu, and, you know, uh, Jason Desco would be looking at bounce back, they had a pretty scratchy trial series in their first up game. Everyone in the competition has picked them to be Premiers, with the depth and the, the roster that they've got, but it means nothing when you're coming out and you're not performing, So They've got an outstanding backline. You know, Walker and, and Carey in the, in the halves. Uh, you have got good centres and Young, Joseph Suwali and, and Joey Manu. And, and Tupou on the wing um, with Tedesco. It's, it's an international backline. So if they can't stop their forward pack, look look for their, their, their backline to be unleashed. And it's pretty simple for the Warriors. They have to shut up physically uh, and stop the forward pack of the City City Roosters to they have any chance.
1: I'm going to run through another couple of games, um, and uh, from a punter's point of view, I'd love to hear your thoughts, uh, Kempe. Uh, tonight, Ill uh, Sharks.
11: Yeah, game of the round, really. No, Nick Hines again. Uh, Parramatta. They couldn't get the job done last week. I don't think they're the same without having Mar- um, Marty, Reed, Marty over the hooking spot, and of course they lost both their edges of Papali'i and. According um, to other to West Tigers and the Warriors um, respectively, they just don't look the same. Uh, and I think you know it's got to be a battle. Uh, the Sharks need to win the Parramatta Eels need to win. It's always always a fantastic game that one. Uh, but I'm picking the Paramount Eels to get it in a close one.
1: Okay, uh, Broncos Cowboys as well. That's the late game tonight.
11: Yeah, game of the round uh, definitely the. the the, uh, I guess the battle of the, the Queenslanders. Uh, I've got North Queensland finishing in my top three this year. Uh, I think they looked probably the better side in the competition last week when they jumped out to an 18-point lead, even though they only won by one point. They showed signs of the, the consistency and having the same team to pick it pick week in, week out, for a second year, and a run inside pain. So the Broncos feeding Penrith down there, no one does that in the last two years, and, and the Broncos went out and showed it. Yeah, if they can do that, week can make out, They'll be a force again this year. So I think uh, I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I just think they've got a little bit more experience than the Broncos at the moment, but I wouldn't be right the Broncos off.
1: And just finally, Kempe, uh, and thanks again for uh, for standing in for us. Uh, could, the Dolphins, could the Dolphins make it two in a row at home?
11: I think they can. I think they can. I think what people didn't realise was that in Melbourne come out and close to, to watch and you, know, you add the Wayne Bennett factor, you add the crowd factor, you've actually got an extra player on the football field, so uh, look for Felice Kofusi and the Bomish boys, the senior players of the team to, to lead from the front again, a fair forward pack which has to be at the top of their game against Tapani uh, and Papalee for uh, Canberra mate, I can see them getting a, getting, a, getting a double in the first two weeks and, and they'll need it uh, as the injuries start to kick in later on in the year
1: Kempe, uh, thanks very much for uh, helping us, mate. Uh, Really appreciate that. And uh, look forward to uh, NRL action over the weekend. You have a fine weekend yourself. Cheers, man.
11: You too, Smithy. Anytime.
1: Thank you. Uh, 11.15 here on SENZ, Uh, our very own Tony Kemp coming to the party for us there to preview this uh, weekend, uh, round two of the NRL. Uh, We'll take a, a short break. When we come back, we'll visit the sports desk and I'll give you a cricket update from Christchurch, where New Zealand have got an early wicket.
0: He's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SENZ.
1: Yeah, 11.20 here, which means they've had uh, 20 minutes of day two at uh, uh, Hagley Oval. And New Zealand have picked up a wicket. Um, and yes, it was Tim Southey again. to Silva gone, caught Blundell, uh, bowled Southey for 46. Uh, but uh, they're hanging in there, Sri Lanka. 3.22 for seven now with uh, Rajitha at the crease. 21 not out. Easily his best test score. Uh, Jaya um is uh, beating his average too. He's uh, on five not out. So the nuisance value these, um, and they're on the 80th over, which means Tim Southey will have a brand spanking new ball in his hands coming up shortly. Uh, his bowling figures at the moment is such a standout: four for 49, uh, and Matt Henry two for 65. Tector incidentally uh, 19.1 overs, none for a hundred, none for a hundred, um, and uh, Wagner 10 overs, none for 68. So uh, certainly. Uh, not good for the backup bowling department after Tim Southey and a little bit of Matt Henry so news not too good there Um, and Sri Lanka continue to thwart uh, New Zealand's attempt to to start batting shortly. Right uh, let's get across to the sports desk Uh, Kez is in charge of that today with some news of some football I understand
0: Turn up the volume we're crossing live to the sports desk. What's fresh? What's making waves? Let's find out
3: Oh, Smithy, I really felt that. I feel like I'm going straight onto the news. I feel like I'm going to take Johnny Max and Aroha's job in a minute. <laughs> uh, I do. Yeah. I do, unfortunately, have some sad news regarding football. And it is, uh, once again, sad news regarding New Zealand football. The Wellington Phoenix vice-captain, Oliver Sale. You know Ollie Sale, Smithy, fantastic keeper. Mm. He's been starting a net for the last few years for the Phoenix. Uh, has helped us tremendously with the rise to get to where we are today. 27 years old, he's decided it's time to move on. His contract expiring at the end of the season and came as quite a shock to me last night when I opened the Instagram and saw that Perth Glory had made a post welcoming Ollie Sale for the remainder of next season. It's quite a strange uh, appearance, Swilly, as you, if you look at the table right now, the Phoenix sit comfortably and fifth not comfortably one point uh, ahead of Sydney FC but you scroll all the way down to the table and in 11th place you've got Ollie Sayles new club Perth Glory.
1: To you Smithy what does that uh, sound like to you? Big loss. It sounds like a decent check for a start. Mm. Um, You know that's a long way. Uh, Perth is you couldn't go any further away from um, New Zealand and stay in the A-League so it's a, a decent sized check i would think um they obviously clearly because of their position on the table feel that their goalkeeping uh, strength is is not there uh they need a standout goalkeeper he is a standout goalkeeper um he's also a leader Oli sale he's a bit of a spokesman um so i think that's probably what they're looking for from their custodian so um I, I, from his point of view probably quite a a, a good move He'll be busy, judging by their position on the table and their defensive setup, he'll be a busy goalkeeper, um, but I would be thinking a, a nice big fat check is involved there.
3: Yeah, uh, they'd have to be, wouldn't it? You mentioned, uh, I know I definitely, no offence to all my Perth nation people out there go <laughs> to Perth from uh, from New Zealand, but the thing that sort of got me by surprise to me is goalkeeper is not a position in football that is uh, rotated often, right, and you'd you'd know that, but It came, so Cameron Cook is uh, the goalkeeper at Perth at the minute, he's 21 years old and he's really, really promising. It just sort of makes me bear that question, is Ollie Sale going to be sort of that development guy that uh, Cook's going to take over when Ollie eventually does move on, he's 21 years old and only two days ago he signed on a three year uh, extension with Perth so... Bit of a slap in the face for Cook. I mean he probably got given the stars saying next year's your year buddy but a couple of days later you're inviting Ollie Sale to the party so going to be very interesting there Smithy but hey let's uh, stay on the topic of Australian sport and let's talk about those uh, Sydney Kings versus those Breakers. Uh, SENZ audience you can listen from 9.30pm tonight on the ECNZ app or wherever you listen to it, the Breakers. Currently 1-1 in their series uh, against the Sydney Kings, first and second on the table. So they the Sydney Kings, the number one offensive team in the league. The Breakers, the number one defensive team in the league. Just quickly, how do you think tonight's going to go?
1: Well, it's, it's a case of whether they can break the trend uh, because neither of the sides in the encounters I've had this year have been able to defend their home court. Uh, that is quite an extraordinary thing when you, you look at the size of the crowd now Sold out, it's going to be, um, tonight in Sydney. Uh, so they're going to have to overcome that. Uh, but last week, uh, Tom Abercrombie, who's uh, the most senior spokesman on the court uh, within the breakers, said a very interesting thing. And he said, we played stressed. And, and I'm not quite sure why you'd be playing stressed uh, with all that experience. I'm not quite sure when you've been such an accomplished side and you're 1-0 up in the playoffs having won away from home why you'd come home and think that you were playing stressed. I, I think you you kind of, I got a card and I thought you'd play with quite a lot of freedom in, in, in that regard. So I think the mindset uh, is something that Modi Mayor must have ha- had to work on. Um, you know, they, they know they can win in Sydney. They've done it often. They've done it often and they've done it recently. Um, but the, the, it's, you know, when you come to this stage of the season or playoffs in any form of, of any sport, uh, you look to your champions you look to your big men you look to your seniors you, in this case you your starting five plus Barry Brown Jr. I think uh, are your key players in this regard so for me uh, I think it's a mental thing rather than anything else and uh, the other thing is uh, you can be cold you can be cold when you're shooting you know that you, you, you can um, individuals can be cold not very often collectively you're cold particularly on your home court and that was the worry
3: No, it's definitely a basketball thing. You can have games where you take the absolute best shots and I think Modi Mayor made a comment on that, um, that all the shots they were taking were the right shots. Someday they just don't fall uh, and that's something that you can't control. I I heard you you spoke really excellently, Smithy, there on the mentality of a basketball game. I just sort of wanted to keep you on that path there. Sydney Kings have been arguably the best team in the NBL for the last four years. The Breakers were last last year. Now in a finals position, I can sort of understand the stress that Tom Abercrombie uh, explained. The Breakers play a very fast style, very rotational game and coming up against arguably the best team over the last four years. Smithy, when you were back in your heyday, say you're in a test series and it's one all, you're away from home, against arguably the best team in the world, but you'd managed to take the first game, lose the second. How do you make sure that you get that momentum back and you can roll back on track for another win?
1: Well, it happened, actually. It's funny you should say that. Uh, The first time we'd won in Australia was 1985. Um, And then, of course, uh, that was at the Gabba. We went straight down the the road to Sydney and got pantsed. We were beaten badly. Um, And so all of a sudden we'd given that advantage away with one test to go Um, and we just I, I think we just sort of went back to what we did the first time um, you know we, we had a game plan that didn't quite work it was a surface that uh, didn't suit us either uh, we didn't play well on it but we had to you got to quickly eradicate that from your thinking and that's what we had to do we had a fairly stern coach in uh, Glenn Turner who was absolutely hell bent determined to beat Australia uh, and a captain in Jeremy Coney who was of the same ilk we had a champion in Richard Hadley we had a very good side we'd proven that uh, so we just had to go back to those GABA methods, and and that's what you do. Um, if you've won a if you won a series, or you you go one no up, and then you drop the second one, you just go have to go back to that plan that you had initially, and say that worked for us last time round. Not a panic situation <coughs> at all. But what the breakers did is they let uh, the Kings off the hook, and they've given them a, a bit more freedom now uh, to express themselves because uh, if they'd have won last week, they were backed into such a corner they had to win the next three in a row, and they, as we know. That makes it pretty darn hard pretty darn hard so um look uh, all i'm saying uh, in this particular uh, case is uh, i think they just go back to what they did um at sydney last time around and uh, and uh, just hope for the very best there but i i think they're player for player i don't think it's there's no reason for them to to feel any other way that but confident i think they've got them i think they've got them there no definitely Smithy and it's going to be a really interesting watch for me. I think the
3: breakers are going to take this game three uh, but I'm telling you watch the benches uh, no matter who wins this game it is going to be won uh, by the bench the likes of Barry Brown coming back into action. Hopefully that hand's rested up but Smithy that uh, wraps up my sporting
1: hot desk for the days. So thank you very much. Good on you uh, Kez. Right okay a couple of texts have come in. Smithy are there any live players uh, at the golf and the players championship? Well no. Um, they're not allowed to be there uh, in this particular tournament because of all tournaments this is the PGA's home it's this is where they have the, actually have their base uh, the USPGA is uh, at this around this course around this facility so they're not welcome there um, and uh, their next showing I think will be at uh, the Masters where uh, they do as previous champions get the invite um, and on some on points will get uh, invites as well but Uh, in terms of the majors yes but in terms of this one um, absolutely not previous champion was Cameron Smith not allowed to go there to defend it so no live golfers there Um, we'll we'll have uh, Stump Smithy very shortly let's read a couple of uh, other texts hi Smithy just wondering if there's room for John Wright in the setup. not sure what he's up to but uh, surely with his cricket brain and Indian coaching experience would be a useful addition yep I I totally agree I I don't think there's anything wrong with going back to previous coaches to go forward um, I, I have no problem at all with John Wright uh, getting in there yeah, alongside Gary Stead and uh, putting uh, some fresh thoughts in there, or even some old thoughts to be reminded of. I, I think that's that's it's not a bad idea, and I think there is enough coaching now within New Zealand. I mean, I don't I don't think the bowling unit's good, uh, and I, I, I think you know there's scope for a Shane Bond. Uh, Shane Bond is a brilliant bowler and a brilliant bowling coach. Uh, Stephen Fleming there are these people around. I'm not saying you have to give them official positions give them consultancy role and they can come and go but uh, don't just because they're commentators turn around and say they've got nothing left to offer that's always been a mistake there's one reason uh, that people become commentators is, um, and, and it doesn't matter what field you're in or what sport you're talking about um, is that some of them I'm not saying all of them but some of them actually know quite a lot about the game that they're talking about believe it or not Um, but they are regarded as the enemy in a lot of cases because they're in the media Um, that's a a thing that's been going on for a long long time. It is uh, 11.31 now, talk about matchups we're going to have one now. It's time to stump Smithy, it's 0800 150 811 0800 150 811 we invite your calls uh, $50 bonus bet from the TAB up for grabs on a busy busy punting weekend to spend it as well. Here's Araha with the news
6: Ian Smith's had a good match here.
2: Stumped by Smithy.
5: Ian Smith really is top class at his job.
1: OK, it's uh, time to play uh, Stump Smithy this morning. Your quizmaster will be Kiz the producer, and it's in for Logan today. Uh, and, of course, Brian uh, waiting for you on the phone. So, uh, Kez, you've got uh, the questions, the subject uh, matter for the day. Hopefully, I can see you fishing around there with a <laughs> yeah, heap of Yeah, paper yeah, Smithy, i just jump, there, jump
7: in for a sec. He, is, he does have them, and he's just fishing them out. Now, I believe this is his debut for Stumped. Uh, is that, is that oh. not right, eh? I don't think he's ever um,
1: called Stumped for us before, Smithy. Oh God, this could be interesting, man. Uh, this could be a real. What are you it, on a Friday? Sorry, um, Yeah, I can hear you in the background apologising. Don't worry, folks. Uh, Brian, who who have we got first up? Put it that way. Yeah. Okay.
7: So first up, first up, we have Wade from Christchurch. Uh, come in, Wade.
1: Morning, gentlemen. Yeah. Good morning to you, Wade. Uh, uh, what's the weather like down the prospects for a, f- a full day's play? Are they looking all right.
11: Yeah mate, yeah, I think so. We've a cloud around but the sun's shining at the moment. It's just hope we got the moment we're into it for the back.
1: Okay. And uh, and what about um the Crusaders uh this weekend and toka? No problem.
11: Oh I, I wouldn't say that'd be a problem. I I I think that win comfortably, but the start might be interesting, the first and twenty minutes up there. Yeah.
1: I think there'll be some physicality in the first uh, 20 minutes. I think you've you've nailed that properly. Uh, Eight uh, for 331 now in the cricket, just by the by at Hagley Oval. Eight for 331. And uh, Matt Henry picking up another wicket, so he's got 3-4. Right, Kez, you got yourself sorted?
3: The uh, two Stooges have stopped messing around, Smithy. I have found uh, my piece of paper, so I believe. Now, Wade, I ask you uh, which topic you'd like to have a stab out today. We've got soccer, football. Basketball or rugby league? Rugby league. Right. We've had lots of good rugby league chat uh, this morning, Smithy. So I hope you're prepped in case Wade can't get it done. I'll we'll get you underway with our little fun little. Here we go. There we go. Yep. Right. Okay. The Warriors take on the Roosters this Saturday in NRL round two clash at Allianz Stadium. Since 1998, the NRL era, they have played each other 42 times with the Chooks winning 20 of those matches. How many have the Warriors won?
8: 14.
12: One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field.
1: Mr Stockley. Okay, so 42. They played each other 42 times. And you just said the Roosters have run 20? I did. Right, okay, so that leaves 22 matches, correct? It does. Just doing my maths here. Uh, I'm going to say that, um, well, could one of them ever have been, how long, that we've always had Golden Point, haven't we? I mean, could, did we have draws? We must have had some draws at some stage then. we am going to have to ask no you for an answer. One the 22? Oh, okay, sorry. Sorry <laughs> for <laughs> mucking around. Now. Okay, um I'm just doing some mental work here. Um, I'm gonna say uh, the Warriors have also won twenty.
12: One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field. Are you done?
1: Unfortunately,
3: uh it was twenty-one. Twenty-one there. Warriors. There was a draw indeed. Uh one okay. draw out of forty-two times. True. So do we move on? We'll move on. Question, sure, Wade, question. number Two. Yep. In the 2002 Grand Final, the Warriors lost to the Roosters 30-8. Who scored the Warriors' only try that day? I think it was a little
6: general, Stacey Jones. That's
3: a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot, and the
0: way it goes.
3: Smithy. Uh, fortunately, this time the buttons are working and I don't have to do my Michael Holding impression. Uh, with that, Stacy Jones was the correct answer. And with that, we move on to question number three. Blackfern 7 star Niall Guthrie is following in her famous code-hopping brother's footsteps and is set to join the NRLW later this year. What team is she set to sign for? Uh, well,
5: about
8: SPW, isn't it? so I'll say let's try the this.
12: One of the worst things I have ever seen done on a cricket field.
1: A lot of pressure here, Smithy. No, it's not, you see, because I've uh, talked about this yesterday. It was part of uh, our panel discussion yesterday. Gold Coast Titans, Gold Coast Titans, Gold Coast Titans. Just a couple of chips down the wicket, right in the slot,
0: and away it goes.
1: Well, thank you very much, Wade. Uh, unlucky on question number three. It was uh, something we did highlight yesterday, actually, um, about um, Niall going across the rugby league and signing for the Gold Coast Titans. And it, it struck me because I didn't think there would be a franchise that she would probably uh, probably choose. But uh, obviously, uh, it stuck in my mind. Wade, you're hey, the unlucky be the customer this one. <laughs> no exactly exactly mate uh, hey thanks for thanks for playing uh, have a crack on on monday mate and uh, have have a great weekend down in there in uh, the canterbury region we Monday, eh? No. I know you will, Wade. Everyone does. Everyone does. Hey, um, thanks very much, uh, folks, for for, for calling. To we had a number of callers there. Ed from Tullyga Bay was next cab off the rank, but uh, didn't able to get to Ed today. So Ed, you have a good weekend as well. It's uh, coming up to uh, eleven thirty nine. And the good news is um, because uh, we won one today, uh, Monday. We'll be playing for a hundred, a hundred bucks from uh, the TAB. It's coming up to 11.40.
0: In service needs to help you succeed in your field. Summer or winter, he's the voice of sport in Aotearoa. This is Mornings with Ian Smith on SNZ.
1: 11.45 and I enjoy this time every Friday because it's great to catch up with one of the most authoritative voices in New Zealand racing and uh, Michael Guerin, uh, Mickey G as uh, LHW calls him, Louis Herman Watt. Uh, Mick, uh, good morning to you. You were in Melbourne last week. Uh, did it go well?
12: It did go well, Smitty. I was actually I was in Sydney. I, I did both.
1: Oh, sorry, Sydney, I was, was in it? The yeah, same OK. Day.
12: No, I did, I did both in the same day. I, I, I did the Gallup show in the morning here, and I was on television at night in Sydney. And you know how it feels. It's, it's a great opportunity to have Smithy. People actually ask me all the time, they say, what's it like doing both codes? And I use your name quite often. I said, look, no different to Smitty doing cricket and rugby. You become really knowledgeable about one, which for you obviously is cricket, and then you can add the other knowledge because you really enjoy the subject. And what you would have found too, I'm sure, is people are so good about giving you their knowledge. Like I ask, well, you know, when I really got serious about the galaxy about 10 years ago, I would have asked, I don't know, 200 people, hundreds of questions, me. and if people are so good about giving you knowledge, it actually becomes mm. quite easy, but it does make for some long days.
1: <laughs> it does make for but, some um, long days yeah. But
12: it, that was the Miracle Mile last week So that was in Sydney um, <clears throat> This weekend, we see the return Tonight, so harness racing this weekend We have Alexandra Park tonight We have Westports today Close to my old hunting ground Of the West Coast, Greymouth, Northern Southlands tomorrow And uh, that's, that was sort of Harness racing weekend So tonight, the big guns, copy that who's won two New Zealand Cups, returns against Akuta, <coughs> who's won two derbies. And it's maybe time for the passing of the baton, but I'm not sure Copy that wants to give the baton up. Tonight's a 1700 metre race at Alexandra Park. These horses are getting ready for the race by Grins. That's coming up very quickly. It's five weeks away tonight at Cambridge for a million dollars. And it's always a little bit iffy, Snicky when you have horses starting new campaigns with far bigger goals down the track. So one of them will win tonight, but it may not be the prettiest watch over 1,700 metres. They might both go back at the start, play a little bit of cat and mouse, and I still think a cooter probably comes out on top. I actually quite like a horse in this race for a bet for our listeners. And if you're going to have a bet, please bet responsibly. Don't bet the rent money. Bet your cappuccino money. And... You can beat top three. There's only six horses in the race. I think Major Perry will run in the top three. And he's $2 to run top three. He's only going to beat three horses home. So that's race seven. Alexandra Park tonight, not tipping you the winner. I think that'll be a cooter. But Major Perry is double your money to run top three, and he could run better than that. So it's a good meeting tonight. We sport today's on the grass smoothie, so it's a different type of thing. Mm. And then tomorrow in the Cargill, there's a good meeting down there. And away from all this instantaneous racing action, we're having (coughs) a lot of, excuse the pun, horse trading, because those slots in the million-dollar race, people buy the slots, then they have to go get a horse, and you have to negotiate for those horses. No different to, in sport, negotiating with a player or the agent to see if they want to come play with you. And at the moment... Six of the spots in the race by Grins are taken, and four aren't. So people are watching these races and think, do I want that horse there racing for a million dollars for me, or do I not want it? How much money do I offer them to get in? What's the percentage split? Really fascinating stuff around the race by Grins, and every open-class race at the moment has um, repercussions for that Smithy. So as you know, there's the game on the field, and there's always the game in the background.
1: Right, well, the game in the the forefront tomorrow in terms of the gallops, of course, is Pukekohe. Uh, the Auckland Cup, the Barfoot and Thompson Auckland Cup and the Bone Crusher Stakes, which you will be highlighting, I guess, in your morning show.
12: Yeah, massive show tomorrow, Louis and I. Um, two Group Ones at Pukekohe. It's the last of the big summer dances, even though we're into autumn. So two Group Ones for the two-year-olds. Tokyo Tycoon's hot favourite for the two-year-old race, He's trying to do something no horse has ever done. And that is win the Million and the Group 1 and be unbeaten in your two-year-old season. No horse has done it. So Tokyo Tycoon trying to do that. Tomorrow, the Bone Crusher is fascinating. An older horse like Tribulate, owned by our good mate Brendan McCullum, against a horse like Prowess, who's only three, just starting her career, a real rarity. We're going to weigh all that up tomorrow. And then, of course, the Auckland Cup, the big one, where... Aquacade will be written by Warren Kennedy, one of the most fascinating stories of the entire racing summer. Warren had never been to New Zealand before October. Now he's been writing feature race winners almost every Saturday. He's on Aquacade in the Cup tomorrow. So big interviews, track updates, all that sort of stuff. If you're listening to this around the country, it has rained in Auckland this morning, but it's very warm. So it shouldn't affect the track at Cully. In fact, if anything it'll just stop them having to irrigate it today. So Auckland Cup tomorrow, huge day. The good oil tomorrow for 1 o'clock with all the punters, clubs and the tips. And then Greg O'Connor and I will catch our brief, 11 o'clock on Sunday morning and bring you Trot's talk and we're try to work out what's happened so far over the harness week- weekend for these. So it's sort of the last big one of the summer, even though summer's just finished. But, uh, but, yeah, tomorrow's going to be an awful lot of fun at Pukataui. We'll try and find you a winner from 8 o'clock in the morning tomorrow on the mail run.
1: OK, sounds good. Uh, Mac. we'll look forward to listening to you uh, with LHW, the, uh, the postman. They're call call you, call you the, they're calling you the postman. You're delivering. You're delivering. That's great. <laughs> they, call, they, they call me mailman,
12: Mick, and they call him hyman, but I just call him idiot. But we'll see how that goes tomorrow morning.
1: Okay. cheers, uh, cheers, Mick. Look forward to it. Uh, Mick Guerin there, have a great weekend. Uh, It's 11.51 here on SCNZ. Uh, We'll take a a short break, and when we come back, a quick chat, uh, of course, with Staffy, who takes over shortly.